0: Two humorous nurses would like to acknowledge the true custodians of the land in which we record our podcast, the Yorta Yorta people. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders listening today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. We are so excited for this episode to be sponsored by eNurse. eNurse is Australia's leading one-stop nurse shop. eNurse specialises in everything a nurse or nursing student would need to survive. From comfortable, stylish and keep you cool under pressure elite hair scrubs to handheld study guides, nursing equipment and even a travel coffee mug for those long commutes. eNurse will be your new favourite online shop for all things nursing. Head to www.enurse.com.au and use our code Nurses for a cheeky discount. Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Jess.
1: The podcast that thanks God for Panadol.
0: Welcome to Two Humorous Nurses where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing.
1: Having a child is supposed to be the best time of your life, but what if your child or children are sick? How does life change if it's full of hospital visits, tests, medications and worry?
0: To discuss this very concept, we have Emily. I met Emily over 10 years ago when our biggest worry in our lives was dating and cleaning our youths. But, <laughs> but as it happens, we grew up, married a couple of cool dudes and had some kids. Emily has two gorgeous boys, Ryan, who's five, and Owen, who's almost one. Welcome, Emily. Hi,
1: Emily. Emily, Hello. tell us a little bit oh, about you who you her a are? Chance to, oh, sorry. Like, sorry. Hi, hi, Emily. Emily. <laughs> Hello. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, Emily. Um,
2: Yeah, I am Emily, obviously. I'm a registered nurse, well, clinical nurse now. I forgot I got a new job. Um, And I, like Kelly said, have two little dudes who have given me lots lots of mischief.
0: And the irony about doing this episode about parenting sick kids is you're currently parenting a sick kid.
2: Yeah, and I think we had to cancel it last time because we were sick again. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And this time we were like not letting any norovirus bring us down. He can just shit next to me. <laughs> oh. Um, with your pregnancies, we'll start there because obviously that's where you start when you have kids. <laughs> were they <laughs> were they pretty straightforward? Were there any concerns raised with your boys like during the pregnancies or anything like that? Or were they just normal?
2: Ryan's pregnancy was cruisy as super straightforward no issues like the whole way through birth was like three hours everything was wonderful then along came owen and everything (laughs) went to shit his pregnancy was horrible i ended up having um svt and they're thinking maybe pots as well after ryan's pregnancy um so his pregnancy was full of me going into hospital because I kept going in and out of SVT, so there was all extra monitoring and issues with that. Then we got COVID at, I think, 24 weeks because my husband decided to go watch the football in Melbourne with his friends and brought me home a present for my birthday, which was nice. Um, And then after COVID, he ended up growing very, very fast. Then all the concerns went to being such a huge baby worrying about monitoring me and if I had problems with my heart during delivery and stuff like that. And then he ended up being a met call for me, a met call for him, and came out almost five kilos.
1: Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Holy heck. That's, that's he a is. big baby.
0: So he when was he was pregnant with Owen... Yeah, and this was going on. Was Ryan unwell at that time as well?
2: Um, no, all his allergy stuff had resolved. I think he grew out of all of these things when he was about three. Um, so his was just the normal, you know, kindy kids licking and touching everything. So yeah. all the grossness that comes with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's good. I was
2: for a minute there, I was thinking you were dealing with all of it all at once. <laughs> oh, I would have probably had a mental breakdown by that point. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, that's a lot.
1: When did you realize something wasn't quite quite right with Ryan?
2: Um, with both boys at the hospital, we signed up to do telephone research trials through pregnancy, and you know, with the boys both up until they're five. Um, so we were at a cashew study. So they did a cashew study. You know, give them x amount of cashew paste in food, and just see how they react. But we had to sit there, wait for two hours and go, okay, not allergic to cashews, you can go home. Well, I made it down to the car park, paid for my parking ticket, turned back to look at him, and he was pale, limp, and covered head to toe in vomit. Um, And he'd gone into hypervolemic shock because he spewed so much. How old So Six months. Oh, wow. Gosh. So raced back upstairs. He didn't even flinch when they were cannulating him. Had to have a fluid recess and spent a couple of days in hospital with that. But yeah, not a fun time.
0: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> so. That was just the start, really.
2: That was just the start. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, tell us. So your boys both <clears throat> have um, quite a long history of um, illness and and issues. So yeah. start with Ryan and give us a quick rundown
2: of
0: Ryan's early childhood.
2: Um, so he was born like average size with no issues, but from about six months he pretty much stopped growing, um, dropped down to like the second, third percentile. And so there was all the allergy stuff happening and you can't eat this, you can not eat this, but you need to put on weight. But why are you not putting on weight? And the cycle that kind of grew with everyone being concerned about how small he was. Um, And then as he got older, it was, you know, cold after cold after cold. Then he had blocked tear ducts. So he had to have surgery for that when he was one to get them unblocked. Mm. He had his adenoids done when he was two, I think, because he was snoring and horrible breathing and sick all the time. And then at three, they did his adenoids again and his tonsils. And tonsils suck in small kids. Mm, Yes, they do. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so then he just kept, after that, his sleeping was better and his breathing and things were a bit better, but then it was just the, you know, school germs.
0: Did he have a diagnosis with the allergy? No. No reason? uh,
2: Yeah, they put it down to F-Pies, so um, food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome, which is effectively his um, body couldn't digest the protein, and when the protein of certain foods hit the gastrointestinal tract, it pretty much vacates the quickest way it can possible, Mm. whether they vomit profusely till they get everything out or they have diarrhoea until it comes out the other end. Um, Some kids, it is mild. Some kids, like Ryan, they go into full-blown hyperblamic shock, Um, but it's a quantity-based allergy. So if you only have, like his was oats, he'd had a couple of teaspoons of oats at home and been fine. Um, A week before, he had had maybe like half a bowl and he woke up from his sleep and was vomiting everywhere and I just thought this is a bit weird, but ED said it was, his reflux and we'd stopped his reflux meds so that would have been what it was and kind of sent us on our way but then he had even more oats the next time so the more quantity you eat the worse the reaction becomes but it's a really shitty pun intended um allergy because most doctors don't know about it so most ED departments you go to it and they have absolutely no idea because um, I remember the paediatrician saying it presents, when they're really, really unwell, it presents the same as sepsis. Oh. Um, and they automatically go to thinking, like, they've got this massive, you know, bacterial infection and they're going septic uh. and they rush, you know, fluids and antibiotics and do all these things uh. and they're like, no, they really just need to be hydrated and stop eating and you should be right.
1: <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Can you tell us about Owen and his medical journey?
2: um he his medical journey is a heart attack and a half um (laughs) he he when he was born he had low blood sugars which they kind of just put down to being a unit when he was born um they said you know big babies usually have sugar issues so he bounced in and out of the NICU for a while kind of balancing himself out um and then at home he had reflux same as ryan all the same refluxy colicky symptoms and he was probably i think three weeks old and my husband and ryan had gone out somewhere taken my car with the car seat which never be a mistake to do again um and i'd gotten him to sleep on me and i was like oh I think you're asleep but I don't want to move you in case you wake up so you know the old put the phone in front of them trick to try and take a photo to see if they're asleep and I uh, looked back and he was blue mm-hmm. and my heart sunk I froze and I was like well, I just froze so yeah, I was like I'll put you flat see what happens the color kind of came back to him stayed asleep the whole time but his colour came back. He then went super, super pale. And I was like, I, do I take you to the hospital? You're not blue anymore. You're fine. But are you fine? And that kind of, I fixed the immediate problem. Am I overthinking if it's actually a thing? Like what do I do in this situation? I just kind of froze. Um, so we took him to the hospital. We ended up getting admitted for a couple of days for testing and things um had all the tests he had an echo and they said he had a little bit of a heart murmur which you know resolved itself um but then they found that he was also really tacky for no reason so he would just be lying there asleep in the bed and his heart rate would be like 250 Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like well if you had svt is it him is it not so more workups more workup, more workups and then they just said oh They put it down to a brewery, so a brief, what's it called, brief, resolved, unexplained event, Mm -hmm. um, which they say happens all the time in small babies, something really horrible happens, it looks really strange, but no one can kind of give a reason why. They stop, they resolve back to normal and it never usually happens again. So they said if it happens again, go back in. Sure enough, a week later, same thing happens again and back to hospital we went. Um, the next doctor wasn't as kind as the previous team and just said, you know, it's reflux, it's no issue, go home, you'll be fine. Um, thankfully, my GP had put in a referral to ENT at the Perth Children's Hospital because she thought it might be an airway issue. Um, so we were trying to get in to get assessed for that, but we he was unrelentlessly sick for, I think, probably about 10 months straight, so every time we kept trying to book an appointment with ENT, we'd get an appointment, we'd get sick, we'd get an appointment, we'd get sick. Um, and it was just we couldn't get anywhere. But he ended up being diagnosed with uh, protracted bacterial bronchitis at, I think, four months old because he had a wet chest cough off for about six or seven weeks. And I remember taking him back to the GP every week when like, he's still not getting better, he's still not getting better. He's... Every time you put him flat, you can hear. And um, Every night we'd put him in line in bassinet and we could hear the exact moment his airway would close. Mm. And you'd have to rip him back up and try and, you know, give him a bit of a jostle okay. so he'd start breathing again. Or you'd hear he'd just choke and splutter and wake himself up. So you couldn't put this kid down for months because he just couldn't breathe.
0: Oh, but oh, that's so scary.
2: <laughs> oh, it was horrible. Um, We ended up getting him into the ENT clinic finally and he had laryngomalacia, so we had to have the surgery to open up his airways um, and they took out his adenoids and things at the same time, which helped his breathing quite a lot. Uh, but in that time, I think we worked out from... When he was born to about seven months old, he had been in hospital at least once a month. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he really struggled with airways. And I'll never forget, we had one time that the paediatrician had said to us, um, it's not safe for him to be at home. Wow. And that just, when you hear someone say that, you're like, holy shit, have I been doing this wrong the whole time? Have I missed things? Have I not missed things? Mm. But every time you escalate, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You, he looks fine now, but you're not here in the middle of the night. I can't bring him to you in the middle of the night. So yeah. uh, then as time got on, he's had parainfluenza twice. <laughs> he's had COVID. He's had rhino. I've lost track of the amount of times he's had rhinovirus, he's had gastro, he's had norovirus, he's had hand foot and mouth. And he only started daycare like three weeks ago. So it's not there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um is the he's more susceptible to respiratory illness because of his breathing? Or is it just he's just an unlucky kid?
2: When he was little, um, before he had the repair for the surgery, they did say um, he would be more susceptible because his airway was so weak and floppy that he couldn't, like, contract to kind of force everything out like you would normally, to cough and clear your chest. Yeah. So everything would just sit there longer and then get infected. Um, but we've tested his immune levels a few times, which have been a bit low, and they're actually thinking he, he does have some kind of immunocompromise. So, again, waiting for another clinic. Um, with the immunotherapy clinic at the hospital to see and do some further testing what's going on with that. <laughs> he knows we're talking about him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, excuse me, woman, keep feeding me.
0: <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way to enurse.com.au because every nurse needs Enus. We need accessories, we need scrubs, we need footwear, we need equipment so if you have a nurse in your life why don't you head to enurse.com.au and have a look at their range of accessories with fob watches coffee mugs because we all need a travel coffee mug utility pouches to keep those scissors pens and educational cards in and of course christmas scrubs fun scrub fridays aren't fun scrubs unless you've got your christmas scrubs so head to enurse.com.au and check them out don't forget our code humor Nurses for 10% off. Oh
1: goodness.
2: How was he when he had surgery? Uh, he was how old were you? Uh, I think he was about six months old. It was meant to be when he was about three months old, which would have been absolutely horrific. Yeah. Um, but I pushed, managed to get a few more months, which was about six months, which wasn't much better. Um, still terrified. To be honest, but Um, He was just that bit bigger, which was good.
0: What's it like um, being the parent of a child having surgery, not just like routine, you know, tonsils or anything like that, but, you know, like
2: surgery on his airway? Um, I always found the anaesthetic is the worst for me. Um, I remember Ryan's first surgery. Like it was, I knew, I was like, it's a quick 15-minute surgery. It's nothing. Like, he'll be here before I know it. It was at work. I knew the anaesthetist. Everything was fine. But that you hold them and you put the mask and you have to hold them tight so they stop trying to fight the mask and then their eyes roll back and they just turn into this limp dead weight. And they're like, cool, put your baby on the table and walk away. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, how was I? Yes, this is normal for you. But yeah. I've just left you my unconscious baby with no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the airway surgery wasn't terribly good, especially when I went to pick him up. And because we have been to surgery a few times, I know the routine, you know, they send you out of your way, out of the way, they get mum and dad to come back, they call you once the surgery's finished and usually they bring you into recovery about, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes later when they start to wake up. But I remember we got the call to come back with Owen and then it was 20 minutes went past, half an hour went past, 45 minutes, an hour. I was like, it's been an hour and a half since you called me and I've still not got back to recovery. Something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: and sure enough, it had. Um, he was completely in a state. They had almost murdered him because he was in like severe respiratory distress when they had mm-hmm. woken him up. And um, his saturations were down to like, I think, 81%. His rests were through the roof and he had huge work of breathing. And you could just hear him rattling and trying to suck the air in. But because of his big fat head, um, he was just <laughs> thrashing around. And a dead weight with a giant big head is very hard to control.
0: Mm. But
2: he'd just wake up, scream, try and suck some air in and then pass out again and throw himself around. So I think when they eventually got me down, he was still, I think, there for probably about another hour or two hours before they actually let us go mm. and go back to the ward. But it's, knowing, I found, for me anyway, knowing what the monitors do And knowing what the observations are and knowing what the parameters are, you know, parents who aren't nurses can go to surgery and they see it like, oh, it's beeping. It's beeping, there's an alert. That's about it. Whereas I could be like, Well, it's beeping. This is what happens. Why is this happening? And you kind of put pieces together and overthink and dramatize it a bit. But you, you know, it's what you do. You're trained to think and prepare for worst case scenario. Yeah. And then anything Better than that is a
0: win. Mm. I guess that leads us into the next question we were going to ask.
1: (laughs) You're a nurse. Stepping ahead.
0: Help or hinder, you know, in any of these processes across any of the conditions that your bubs have had. Like, you know, it's sometimes nurse brain goes out the window because you click into mum mode, but sometimes nurse brain takes over. and
2: yeah. I found that as well, it's very hard to have mum brain and nurse brain coexist at the same no, time. they I don't. don't. <laughs> they don't. They never do. Yeah. You're either
0: super clinical and, like, medical about it or you're a complete emotional
2: mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, Ian always says to me, like, he's just fine. You're overthinking it. You always go the worst case yeah. scenario. Yeah. And you don't want to be like,
1: you don't want to turn up with your sick baby and be like, oh, my kid's sick, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I know you. don't
0: want to waste your time. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Don't but go then and you go home and you're so like, time. they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um. yeah, it is hard to know. And I have found even, like, when I was reading your little question sheet going back, I've, in the situations where I should go, yeah, this is really bad. I need to do something about it. I almost kind of go, I know it's bad, but maybe it's not as bad as I think it was. So maybe I'll just hold out just a little bit longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Now, which diagnosis? do you think was the hardest between you and your husband or hardest for you and hardest for him, if it's different?
2: Um, it's a tricky one. I think with Ryan, the F-pires were hard because you really need to keep charming in here. <laughs> That's a lot to say. I know. I was like, I'll put him out in the swing and hopefully he'll be quiet. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> um, the f pies was quite hard because i mean we were first-time parents with an allergy no one knew about um and every time you go somewhere it had to be no you can't feed him something yes i had no you haven't heard of the allergy but you can't just feed him what you want and being on top of checking allergy lists of things making sure random people don't feed him things making sure people actually believe you're not lying about it um Mm. But then when Owen came around and his allergies and, you know, we a bit not more knew what to do with that, but his airway was just, I don't think we slept for months. No, he wouldn't. Because you just, you can hear it happen or what happens if something goes when you are asleep or he's sick. So every time he gets sick, Ian kind of plays it off a little bit of, yeah, he's fine, he's just, you know, another sick. But I'm thinking... Well, he's already had three chest infections. What if he gets another chest infection? Do I have to take him back to start antibiotics really quickly? What if it turns into this or this? And you've had so many bad things happen that you're just waiting for the next, you know, the next shoe to drop, and the next bad thing to happen.
1: Mm. It's the mum mental load versus hey. dad mental load too.
0: Mm. <laughs> how nice would life be to be a dad? Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> we say sleep like a baby, but we should say sleep, sleep like, like a, a husband. dad. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. How did you find? Um, Go back a little bit, but how did you find being in a hospital as a as a a parent, but also like as a nurse parent? Like, you know, did you did that have any impact on you? Do you think? Did you like um, – I, I didn't mind being in hospital with Amelia when she was a baby because it felt normal to me to be in hospital, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I felt comfortable. I trusted the medical profession. But I guess if you've got things that you're not sure of and you're having constant readmissions, you know, it must be frustrating. Yeah, it is.
2: I I always, you know, I could trust the consultants and I knew kind of in – like up at June Lap, I knew who the consultants were. It was people who – had looked after him before or looked after Ryan and I kind of had faith in that part of things. Um, the nursing staff in some instances were a bit tricky. Some places everything was, you know, really supportive, followed your concerns. Um, some people had obviously figured out I was a nurse from when they ask you what happens and, you know, give them like a full isobar about the yeah. that happened. Oh, that. Like, oh, my bad. It's just happening. <laughs> um, and then once they, you know, get that kind of rapport with you, they, it's like talking in the staff room kind of thing. Yeah. And they help you and they do kind of bounce off each other about things you should do and it was really good. But then other instances, I'd been dismissed as well. I remember... He had been in hospital for saturations monitoring after the pediatrician had said he wasn't safe to be at home. And I rang the bell because so I was watching the trace and I was like, his SATs are 82. This is a perfect trace. Something is wrong. And I rang the bell and I got her to come and have a look. And she goes, oh, no, the, the sock's just not on his foot properly. It must not be a right trace. It doesn't fit or something. So she woke him up, changed it, and then, of course, it was fine because he'd woken up. Mm. I was like well no it does fit it's not got any of the wriggly squiggly bits it is a near on perfect trace and it's things like that where they just kind of go oh mum's just looking at the numbers it's fine which I get you get other parents that obviously don't know and will alarm and be upset about every single thing that comes up which is fair (laughs) you don't know and it's scary and you have faith in people that they're looking after your kids so it's kind of you have faith in the system but don't trust the system at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess it's like any, you know, we tell patients, take a deep breath.
2: <laughs> and they're such a funny one.
0: Like, yeah, of course going to go up and they take a deep breath. Like, you've got to trust your numbers of your machine. You're using machine. You've got to trust it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always, I don't say that anymore. I try not to say that. I'm like, I, just, you know, I had someone say that to me once and I thought, she goes, what what's taking a
1: breath a difference of? If that's
2: what yeah, I'm like it's gonna about. fix it, and yeah. I'm, no, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna roll over and come
1: back again. <laughs> yeah, it looks nicer on the piece of paper. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
0: want to have to call the doctor. So could you
1: breathe harder? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um.
1: So what sort of support do you think that you maybe didn't receive as a parent from either the healthcare system or from your family or friends support networks? Was there things that you needed that didn't get?
2: Um, it's hard. Most of our family doesn't actually live in close vicinity to us. Um, they still obviously live in WA, but we live up north of the river, and everyone lives south of the river, so it's a bit tricky for them to come up this way sometimes. Um, but it's just—it's isolating, but it's not. People check in, and they want to see, and they ask if you're okay. But it's there's nothing people can really do when you have. Yeah sick kids it's shit and it sucks and you just kind of have to write it out but I remember saying to someone that I was feeling all these stresses and all these things and all these things kept going wrong and I feel like I'm dramatizing and wanting you know someone to say look it's not that bad suck it up you'll be fine and they just like to me I'm like, yeah, you feel that because it is shit. I'm like, that's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> lie to me. Lie to me. I don't want to be right. I want you to tell me I'm overreacting and it's all this drama. And it's fine. Like, no, it really is shit. I'm like, oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Have you gone back to work after having Owen yet? Are you trying to work uh, yes. as well as do all
2: this? Yes, I've been back, I think, for four weeks now and I've probably taken yeah. seven sick days so far. <laughs> <laughs> I now have no sick leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: That's the worst part, I guess, Like, because you want to go back to doing your, you want to get back to doing what makes you happy alongside being um, a parent, but if you've got a sick kid, you've got a sick kid like your family has to come first yeah Mm.
2: and then you get people who kind of oh you're never here you're already sick how are you sick again I'm like well I can't keep them in a bubble I can't bring them in. and have you ever put a kid
1: in daycare yeah (laughs) as soon as they go into daycare it's like every germ just attaches to them Mm. and you spend more time at home than at work
2: I know, it's ridiculous. But even now, like, I walk into the GP or the pharmacy and I don't even need to say who I am. It's like the pharmacist <laughs> goes, what kid is it now? And the receptionist is like, you're all checked in. I'm like, I didn't even say hello. <laughs> okay.
0: Besides all the daycare stuff, are the boys better? Like, are they doing
2: well? Um, Ryan still forgets how to grow half the time. He is, <laughs> I think he's just going to be one midget of a kid. which little kid. Yeah. Makes sense knowing us we're not the tallest. Ian's not the tallest human in the world. (laughs) No, he's not. Well when Owen came out and so tall, everyone was like, um how do you guys have a tall kid? And I was like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't even know how you carried such a big baby, Emily. You're like tiny.
2: Um I was not tiny at the time. (laughs) I grew a lot. How tall Um, are you, Emily? I'm 165 centimetres. Same height. Um, oh, little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he was 4.9 and 60 centimetres long. Oh,
0: 60. <laughs> he would have been scrunched up in
2: there. Well, Holy. <laughs> no I, <laughs> well, I remember when his head came out and she's like, the head's out. And I was like, hey are you sure? Because I can still feel a foot in my rib. <laughs> and she just looked at me and I was like, oh, this is not going to be good, is it? <laughs> wow. Oh, that's, a, good- that's, a, that's a whole
1: podcast on its own.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, that birth is definitely a podcast on its own. That was a oh, show sure. from the beginning. Yeah. Kelly, did you ever tell Jess how big his head was? No, I didn't. <laughs> he had a 40 centimetre head. Oh.
0: You you only dilate to ten centimeters. Yes. How
2: does look? That... I have not put that <laughs> in perspective before. Why do that you do that? girl math.
0: My girl math is like, <laughs> it's only this big. <laughs> How does <laughs> a forty centimeter head? I mean, I know it's forty centimeters. Super... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's not like forty centimeters across. But I'm like, wow, wow. My girls were like thirty five, and that was big <laughs> enough. <laughs>
2: I was looking at all the people's comments on the birth photos and everyone's like, Oh, congratulations, congratulations. And Kelly's like, I'm sending ice packs for your vagina.
0: <laughs> Alicia, I don't know if you like Alicia's birth story came out um today. Today. So it would have been yeah. last week for everyone listening to the podcast. But I literally said the same thing. I was like, how's what your vagina? You? Yeah, because she her baby was like, well, how big was Lochlin? Five point, yeah. four point four point two or two. Four. Yeah, like huge, like four point, Seven? Four? No. Four point, no four. Four. Four, point four. four point four. which is still big. But so I was yeah. like, yeah, um, like R.I.P. Your vagina. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I just had a one point three kilo baby. <laughs> sure. That's fine. I didn't even push it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's. So... Do you have any advice for parents of of um babies that have that are unwell or sick? Like, do you? Is there anything that you, in hindsight, wish someone had told you while you were going through it?
2: um yes it's always trust what you think is wrong and find a good gp because yes. even if you are doubting it and you don't want to go straight to hospital but you know mm, maybe i should have someone on standby that you can bounce it through i've got friends that are the same something goes wrong you call kind be like this is where i'm at this this and this i want to do this what do you think yeah, And just having that extra person to kind of bounce things off and not spiral it on your own. Yeah. Mm. Not worry about being a burden because I've said it to patients before. I'm sure you guys have as well. Like this is what we're here for. We yeah. would rather it be nothing than come in mm. and everything be wrong. But you still, you just always feel like a burden because everyone goes, oh, is this your first baby? Um, like expecting mm-hmm. that you're just overreacting first yeah. time mom, and You're like, well doesn't matter if it's my first, second, third. If I feel like something's wrong, something's probably wrong. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. That mum instinct's pretty powerful. It is. Nurse,
0: nurse instinct, mum instinct. <laughs> yeah. got both. You go for it. Um, Emily nursed my grandmother Didn't back she? in the day, oh. and my grandmother had lovely things to say about Emily. And oh, your grandma
2: awesome. is still one of my favourite patients. We still talk about her because she was awesome. <laughs> She, she was, like,
0: went in for a toe operation and she was, like, well, if I die, I've lived a good life. I'm, like, you're literally having your toe operated <laughs> on. <laughs> she was, like, ready to sign an NFR. <laughs> i so
2: funny.
0: <laughs> um, Thanks, Emily. I can't imagine what your fast five. Oh, to just- <laughs> <You're laughs> try
1: that again? Yeah.
0: <laughs> can't imagine what the past five years have been like. That's. If that's intense, all those things. I just yeah, anyway, your boys are gorgeous. And um, I know you guys are really good parents and
1: they're lucky to have you. Thank you. Aww. Thanks for You're sharing monster. with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be parents out there who uh feel like they aren't alone
2: when they do this podcast because you know, they've got sick kids too. Yeah. There's nothing worse than being up in the middle of the night, just like, like, you know, pacing in the dark, thinking that
1: you're the only one there. You're the only one, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. We're all up pacing the halls together. You need a (laughs) a Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, my God, could you imagine? Um, don't sleep. Imagine (laughs) what comments on that thing would be
1: like, though. I had a um, a Facebook group when I had Willow. Yeah. And it was always lovely to be. There was always somebody... Up in the middle exactly. of the night that you could talk to,
2: and I was yeah. up a lot. Yeah, like, she never slept. <laughs> no, she didn't. Then you have that little bit of bitterness to those people who never come on the middle of the night. Like, are yeah. your kids sleeping?
0: Oh, yeah, what's wrong
2: with you? That was me. It, it always slept. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you're listening on, and you can leave a message for Emily on our Spotify page because I'm going to put a Q&A box up there so you can leave her a little, like, words of encouragement or ask her a question and we'll forward it on. A little
1: love note. Yeah, a little love <laughs> note. <And laughs> love leave one a love for note. Us.
0: Leave one for us. Yeah, too. leave one for us. Please, leave us a review. Go on. Uh, and
1: <laughs> while you're loving us, you can follow us on Instagram at 2 humorous nurses Podcast, or you can email us at hello at 2 nurses.com. That's humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye. Bye.